Hello everyone, welcome to On Air with SJA, where we talk about things you don't talk about. I'm your co-host, Leo Kaiting. And I'm your co-host, Leo Frederick. And welcome to On Air with SJA, where we talk about various topics to raise awareness on global issues, and also behind-the-scenes interview with members of Leo Cup of SJA. Yeah, today, with us on On Air with SJA is Miss Jody from Sarawak Children's Cancer Society. And we will be discussing about um, topics that we are looking into, the real life of children with cancer. Hi, Miss Jody. Hi, good morning, Kaiting. Hi, morning. Hi, morning. So, um, are we supposed to start off with the uh, in- introduction of SCCS? Like, what SCCS actually do? Like, oh, okay, um, SCCS is the short form for Sarawak Children's Cancer Society. May, may I know what's, um, what's the society about, actually? Okay, um, so Sarawak Children's Cancer Society, SCCS, was registered in 2001. It's actually a non-profit um, organization started by a group of parents of children with cancer dedicated to meeting the needs of families of patients diagnosed with pediatric cancer in Sarawak. So the main services that we provide, um, we have a pillar called SAFER, which is emotional support, um, accommodation. We actually have two halfway homes, one in Kuching with the teen bedrooms and one in Miri, financial and medical aid, education and advocacy, and also recreational activities for the children and the families. So over the years, SCCS has supported approximately 1,500 families to date. We support around 200 families annually. So these are some of the services that we provide. I see. Oh, and like you mentioned that um, we have, um, uh, like, like you mentioned that you have um, medical aid and like emotional support. Um, is it like um, fully operated by volunteers or like you, you have professionals in your society? So SCCS has a team of 10 full-time staff, uh, full-time staff of 10, um, one based in Miri and the rest in Kuching. So we have um, three support staff. So the one in Miri also provides emotional support. So that's why we are able to provide full-time services to our beneficiaries. But we are also led by a committee overseen by a board of committee. The committee is made out of 70% parents of children with cancer. So it's important for us um, to, to have a committee led by parents because, you know, parents are the ones that have been through this experience in what they need, you know, what they yeah. face. Yeah. So our society is a parent-led society. Mm. Oh, I understand. Yeah, true. Like sometimes parents have to be the one that's leading, so that like that the full timers actually know what are they supposed to do. Oh yeah, and what what about the caregivers? The care the caregivers are also the full timers. Caregivers are normally parents. So for example, if you were to there's a parent and a child who like to stay in our halfway home because we have two halfway homes. Um, so the halfway home service is actually for outstation patients who are receiving treatment in the Sarawak General Hospital, uh, especially for right now during the pandemic, you know, there's a lot of lockdowns in many yeah. kampongs or if you're yeah. from Cebu or Kape, you know, you come all the way to Kuching and you have no relatives, you have no place to stay. So normally it's one child and one caregiver, what we call it. And most of the time, the caregiver is either uh, the mother or the father or the auntie or the grandmother, a relative. Lah. 
Oh, I see. Oh, I I I thought that like I I was like reading through the, um, introduction on the website, and I thought like the the caregivers are the full timers. So I was wondering like maybe there's a lot of full timers. Yeah, thank you oh, for no, the introduction. Caregivers are, <laughs> caregivers are direct family members most of the time. I see. So I wanna ask, if let's say example, I'm a parent. So how do I seek out uh help? From SCCS, do I wow. have to like call or do I have to like go all the way from? Let's say I'm from KL, so do I have to like go all the way from KL to Sarawak just to, uh, like attempt for SCCS? Okay, so actually, for a lot of parents, right, you know, when their child is diagnosed with cancer, a lot of people don't even know, you know, there are organizations around that can provide this yeah. kind of assistance, right? You And the first thing is that they didn't also expect that ch- their child will be diagnosed with cancer. So, um, but I shared with you, we have staff and um, support services staff. So actually, two of them are based at the Sarawak General Hospital. So there is a specialized ward um, that treats children with cancer in the Sarawak General Hospital. It's called the Pediatric Ward 2A. So our staff would know if there is a new parent or new case because the child will be admitted to that particular ward. Yeah, so that's how we get most of our referrals. Um, but apart from that, in Sarawak, there's uh, one or two other private hospitals that provide um, these kind of um, services as well. So we do know the doctors and sometimes when these um, parents need emotional support, the doctors will also refer the cases to us. Yeah, so that's how we get our referrals. But for like in KL, I think most of them, the hospitals, they have their own social worker and their own, um, the doctors or nurses there will refer them to the support organization that is handling the cases in those hospitals. I see. Oh, right. so, so meaning that like when the children is diagnosed, the, the doctor will refer them to SCCS at the same time and the... Parents also know that like which, um, society, uh, which organization are we supposed to go? So it's like both, it's like both ways referral, right? Um, most likely, if they are admitted to the hospital, then the staff at the hospital will be the one that refers them to any of the organizations that are supporting them. Like for example, in HKL, there is an organization that's supporting them called Kids. Yeah, so parents wouldn't know where to find these things because, you know, once they're diagnosed, they're very, already very stressed, you know, thinking a lot of things. So, yeah, most of the time it's where the medical team would be the one to refer them to um, NGOs or support group like us. Oh, I see. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, and there's another, I have a, a question. Like, well, you know, like when this pandemic is, shaking our world is actually is COVID-19 also affecting SCCS like it's because um because SCCS is basically like a outstation right um what do you mean by outstation yeah um I'm sorry um SCCS is basically like a home away from home right hmm so um like when this pandemic is shaking the world do you, do you guys experience like suddenly uh, a flood of patients like they suddenly want to stay stay over there or like how, how does COVID-19 actually affect SCCS so? uh, definitely it has a big impact um, on our services uh, for one um, 
you know, right now to stay at our center, a parent and a child has to be swapped. Or, you know, they have to go through the swapping process to make sure they don't have COVID and be quarantined for at least like seven days before they can stay with us. And, you know, there are some times where, you know, cases where there are close contact, we actually have to quarantine the patient and the, the parent in their rooms when they're staying at a halfway home. Um, even for myself, I'm working from home and most of our teams, um, for except for those who needs to be on site, they are all working from home for social distance uh, purpose. And also like for our driver, you know, let's say we have a van that normally can pick 10 people, but now because of, you know, COVID, we can only pick like four or six, you know, people at the same time. And we do have to do special trips for those who we, those are who are under quarantine. So it, it has a big impact for the patients themselves because like a lot of these patients, let's say they're from Kapit or any Kampong, right? So when they're receiving a treatment now, last time maybe the parents can come and visit like the other parent. Let's say the mom is the one taking care of the child. The father can come and visit maybe monthly. But now you can't, we don't have any visitors at our halfway home at all because, you know, we, we don't, we want to prevent all these, you know, cases of um, potential COVID cases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And apart from that, there they could be also like delays in, you know, diagnosis or treatment because we have to go through this strict procedure to make sure that every child and parent before they're admitted to the ward, they also have to be swapped. And they also have to be quarantined to make sure that they're COVID-free before they can be admitted to the ward. But at the same time, the ward also needs to be like, there's bigger space, you know, so the capacity yeah. of patients could be also lower. Yeah, so, and there, there could be delays in um, treatment, logistic issues, like flights are a lot more expensive. Let's say if we need to send a patient to KL, last time maybe it takes two, three hundred ringgit for a ticket. Now it can be eight, nine hundred for a ticket and they don't fly yeah. very frequently. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So there are many impacts, like all our physical activities. We used to have camps for um, survivors, uh, teenage survivors. We have a, a youth camp annually. We have a family family days in Kuching, Cebu, Bintulu and Miri. All these activities have to be cancelled. Even our Go Bold event, that's a head shaving fundraising event that we used to do in malls. Um, we actually had to make it virtual last, since last oh. year. So it has been a lot, a lot of changes um, in the past year. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember... Had to go online. Yeah, I remember Go Bold is a, used to be a very... Um, it used to be a very happening event back in Kuching, but I'm not so sure in like KL though. Frederick. Have you have you heard of Gobold event before for the cancel? Gobold for me, I don't think it's really famous in KL because I'm I don't hear any like Gobold activities. It's really in quite KL. famous in Kuching though. I remember like um I I had a lot of friends like girls especially that they're long hair they actually Gobold just to support this event so so much dedication i i quite salute though yeah so global is mainly for um it, it was held in sarawak predominantly because it's an sccs annual fundraising and awareness event so i don't think um we did it a couple times uh in kl but it was in conjunction with another society called um kin starfish foundation they organized this um bold and beautiful event uh, but Go Bold is the name of our event. Lah. Their event is called Bold and Beautiful. But the aim is to 
shave our heads and raise awareness as well. So I think for Frederick, if you're based in KL, I don't think you have heard of this event. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, mostly yeah. I heard is from like, yeah, NGOs like Leo Club orders, they organise like some yeah. board activities. Yeah, I only heard like once, I guess. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, and I remember there's a, there's an um, event that we always look forward every year, it's the Colour Rush. Do, do you have that in like in KL? Like you, you have the coloured powder during the charity run. Is it something like you say a marathon then? Yeah, yeah, the and then there's press yeah, yeah, I heard that before. <laughs> I, I have a few friends that went, went to it before. I, I saw the pictures, it's like quite fun. But I didn't yeah. get a chance to go because I was like, yeah, I'm not, in, I'm not into marathons at times. Oh. So so the is is color rush also um um an event under SCCS? Is it, it was, yeah. So we used to organize this uh five km fun run with the yeah. color powder throwing, uh. But we actually stopped in two thousand twenty, uh, because uh we want to focus on initiatives that more directly, you know, link to childhood cancer awareness. Yeah, and then 2020 also just happens to be the year that COVID hit as well. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, moving forward, we will not be organizing Color Rush um, for SCCS again. Uh, yeah, I we see. are more focused now on, um, you know, International Childhood Cancer, in terms of raising awareness, like International Childhood Cancer Day, which is on the 15th of February, and September Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And also our global event, yeah. Because also due to the lack of manpower and resources, we need to you know focus on areas that are most predominantly important to SCCS. Also, the um, cancer awareness month is in September. Yeah. Or oh, it um a very general cancer or like it's just for pediatrics. Childhood cancer awareness. Oh, month. childhood cancer. I see. Hmm. Yeah. Um. For the go go boat uh fundraising event, right? I wonder, uh, how you guys raise funds? Like, do you sell the hair? <laughs> oh, I'm curious about it. That's a so good question. Um, you can actually log on to our website. It's uh gobo.my, and then you can check it out. So now it's virtual, ma. So how it works is, I can set out a page, and then I put my own target. The minimum target um is three three hundred ringgit lah. So once I raise uh, 300 ringgit, I set up my page and I send the links to my friends. So let's say my friends want to donate to me to see me go ball, right? So yeah. they can just put the donation at the at the link and the money goes straight to SCCS. Yeah, oh. so we don't really um, do the hair, like um, send it to do wigs and stuff. But for those people who would like to send their hair to another organization that um, predominantly focuses on creating wigs they can do so on their own expense lah yeah for ours it's more like you know just to let people feel that it's okay to be bold yeah because i think it's not only for the kids but it's also for a lot of general you know women who are going bold even guys you'd be surprised right that it's sometimes harder to get a guy to go bold versus a lady (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's a total yes <laughs> yeah, I mean I've gone bowl uh, three times myself yeah so oh, wow but some of my guy friends um, yeah they find it like or especially the ones that don't have a lot of hair sometimes they find it if I shave will my hair grow back you know they have all this kind of <laughs> yeah yeah that kind of content but it is a very liberating um, 
activity uh, for women. I mean, just to give it a try. But at the same time, when I first shaved, it was 2012. Yeah, so there were not a lot of women um, shaving at that point of time. And then when you go out, people do look at you and people yeah. do, you know, give you all the looks like, you know, oh, do you have cancer? You know, and I don't know, you, you know, those kind of like, you know. But now I think in Kuching, um, uh, people are kind of, especially before the pandemic, lah, everybody knew that Gobo was in May. So people would know that suddenly in May that you see a bunch of botaks around in, 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 in Yeah, it really <laughs> happens in Kuching. It really happens in Kuching. I didn't, I didn't think we have such where <laughs> you see people going broke everywhere yeah. yeah so it makes people feel okay la, I think not only just basically it's okay for you to look different la. yeah cause I'm not sure correct me if I'm wrong cause like children when they are diagnosed with cancer they actually don't know what's going on it's usually the parents that are like worried and think about stuff and the only thing that children know is like that they are suddenly being treated differently and like let's say if they go botta then people will keep looking at them so I, I think maybe by going bold like people like us it, like if the if there's a lot of botta suddenly um in the area then maybe they will not be treated differently like to protect their feelings uh, is that true I guess you don't feel that different or no? like hey this person also botta hey she's also a girl Oh, then it's okay. It's temporary, this hair loss thing. Yeah, but of course, you know, when you're watching cartoons, when you're a little girl and you're watching princesses, you're watching all these kind of Disney channels, yeah. you know, your hair is like a big thing. Yeah, you know, especially as a girl, I would say, yeah, that, you know, this image of how a girl should look long hair, you know, princessy and stuff. Yeah, and suddenly you're told to go bald. Um, not even saying girls, like for women. Lah. So it's like a, a very big thing for them about their self-image and self-confidence. Yeah, it's more towards their mental. Mm. Oh yeah, like just now you mentioned about the capacity of your home. So definitely there's a capacity. What what if like the, the capacity is full? Like do you refer them to other so organizations and societies? Uh, thankfully, we have not been full at the same time uh, before. We have done maybe like full to the max, but we have not been overly full. Yeah, so so we have around, let's say, 60 to 70 new cases of uh, child cancer uh, in Sarawak each year. And for our center, we have around 13 rooms. So they people who stay there are those who are discharged from the ward. Um, they are not from Kuching and they need a place to stay while they are waiting for their results or waiting for the next protocol, you know, all these kind of yeah. things. Yeah. So it's not like everybody um, needs to stay at the centre. If you have a place to stay here um, in Kuching, you can go back to your homes in between your, your treatment. Uh. So on average, we house about, you know, 40 to 50 um, children and their caregivers each year um, at our centre. Yeah. Yes. So we're on to the next. So as you mentioned, right, uh each state has like a different different organizations for childhood cancer. So for SCCS, I wanna ask if 
whether they only focus fully on Sarawak, like the perks for Sarawakians, or the whole Malaysia. So, because we are Sarawak Children's Cancer Society, we our main um, focus in terms of services are patient, Malaysian who are receiving treatment in Sarawak. So, as long as, let's say, you are receiving your treatment in Sarawak General Hospital and you are a Malaysian, um, we can provide you with um, support. Yeah, but we do have cases where they are Sarawakian and they are receiving treatment, but halfway through, they need to do certain procedures, maybe in KL, because um, some of the facilities are, or expertise are not available in Kuching or in Sarawak, and they have to be flown to HKL. Um, then we will continue to you know, check on them, like our support staff will give them a call, maybe once a week, and we'll provide some financial um, allowances while they are in HKL during their treatments as well. Are the, community, uh, are the communities voluntary based? Because like, um, 70% of them are parents, now, so I believe they are voluntary based, right? Yeah, committee members are all voluntary based. Yeah, so they are, they are mainly parents, um, and then some of them are just volunteers who are interested, though. Alright, moving on. So, because uh, cancer is a thing that is very common in adults, right? We don't really mention about childhood, uh, like child cancer, when, whenever we go to like schools or you see on social media, like, mostly people posting about uh, like liver cancer, lung cancer, all those mostly happen on adults, right? So I want to ask if there's a difference between adult and children cancer like in terms of treatment and the mortality rate? Yes, it's actually very um, very much different, um, childhood cancer versus adult cancers. Uh, one thing is the type of cancers that the children have versus you know the adults are already very much different. Yeah. So, um, for example, the most common type of childhood cancers are like leukemias or lymphomas or brain tumors. But for adults, you know, a lot of it is like lung cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer, prostate cancer. So it's very much different. And also for um, unlike unlike many adult cancers. Child cancers are not very strongly linked to a certain lifestyle or environmental risk. Yeah, so a lot of the causes are not yet, you know, determined why the kids would have that cancer. So only a small number of child cancer are actually caused by DNA changes that are passed from parents to their child. But for adults like, you know, breast cancers, those are very, you know, they could be gene-based passed or, you know, lifestyle link. Yeah, so yeah. it's very much different and also the number of um, cases for adult and children um, actually adult cancer is like, I think if, I, if I'm not mistaken it's like one in 100 um, maybe cases of cancer is an, a child cancer so if let's say 100 cases only one of them is actually a child cancer versus 99 of them are adult cancers oh I see so what are so what are the early signs for the children that they often miss? If if there's any sign, let's say. Yeah, some of the common signs and symptoms of child cancer include like unusual lump or swelling, uh unexplained paleness and loss of energy the child 
suddenly you know very active and suddenly it's very lethargic very weak oh. easy bruising or bleeding suddenly the child has bruises around the body that is unexplained uh, ongoing pain in one area of the body or limping the child suddenly has trouble uh, uh, walking unexplained fever that keeps coming or illness that doesn't go away it keeps coming back uh, headaches children don't have headaches actually yeah. yeah. So if a child has headache, um, that's a, a source to be concerned. Uh, sometimes, often it comes with vomiting as well. Uh, sudden eye or vision changes as well. Yeah. So that suddenly cannot see ka, or lost their balance. Ka. So these are some of the common signs and symptoms. Lo. Yeah. Like quite understandable. Like why are the signs usually are usually missed or like. Maybe the parents will just will just assume like that they are still very small, they cannot like work properly. Maybe they are still learning to work, so they don't take it serious though. Like they, they kind of tend to fall all the time when they're trying to work. Yeah, so some are not very obvious. Yeah, so that's why it's quite easy to miss lah. Um, for child right. Uh, mostly, what what are the ages? What are the age like? A range from how old to how old that you normally diagnose with this cancer? It's actually the moment that you're born. You know, you could have it already. Yeah. So maybe the youngest patient I've seen was about two to three months. Yeah. So any any person can have cancer at any age, lah. Yeah, like because everyone has sad. a cancer cell, but then it just depends like whether you develop it or not. Hmm. So um when when a new like when a child is born, um, do they like automatically go through like check um checkups? Not checkup, like go through some uh medical checking whether they have a cancer or not. Or like it's a or, or like it's a thing you, you have to request only then you get the medical check I don't think anybody would go and do a thorough check because it's actually quite rare for a child to have cancer so only when there are certain signs and symptoms and normally people would you know check um, if there's something wrong with the child yeah it's, it's actually quite a rare thing la, like childhood cancer yeah because yeah. sometimes it's because um, sometimes it's because the thing is rare then people don't really like um, look really look into the signs, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but a lot of times it's only after many many checks that you are able because if it's like a sign of like fever, it's very common for a child to have fever. Not every fever means that the child has cancer. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So there must be like something that's ongoing for a a while now that for people to actually uh ring is like an alarm bell for them to do like blood tests and all this kind of. Uh, Tesla. Yeah, people not generation nowadays to focus on gadgets when they don't bother to care about their health. So. Yeah, I'm not even saying children lah. Let's say yourself lah. You know. Yeah. Uh, would you actually, you know, if you have a headache, would you think so much about it? Ah, no, it's okay. Pop yeah. a Panadol and then. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, what's yeah. the age range for um ch- children cancer uh, up until um what age? We would say up to 18. I mean, for SCCS, we serve up to 18, but our predominantly, our focus is uh, 14 and below because our main station is at the pediatric oncology ward. 
which is um, serving patients 14 and below. So above of um, from 14 to 18, a lot of them is more on referral cases, like from sometimes they are 16-year-olds being referred to adult ward. And if the doctors would contact us, then we can uh, you know, reach out to them to provide the services. Oh, see. Any volunteer recruitment like for now? Unfortunately, yeah, volunteer yeah. recruitment for now is uh, not happening um, because even for myself, I used to go to the ward at least once a week, but I haven't been to the hospital for a year plus. You know, there's very strict visitor policies during this period of time. And in our halfway home, even like for me, I'm working from home. So we're trying to reduce like, you know, contacts with the patients and caregivers. So we can't really have any volunteer activities where we're working with the kids. Um, so we don't really have those kind of physical activities that we used to do. We did use to provide like what we call the weekly craft Wednesdays where volunteers can do craft activities with the kids while some of these kids come back for their follow-up treatment um, on every Wednesday. So while they're waiting for the doctors, we will do a lot of craft activities with them. So that was really, really fun. Just that Right now, we, we haven't done this for so long. Yeah, we do look forward that one day we can go back to organizing all these activities again. Yeah, I really quite enjoy look, looking at the kids' craft. Like, it's so cute. Sometimes um, sometimes it's not the very... Um, uh, um, how, how do I say that? Like, sometimes the masterpieces from the artists, that's not the one that catches my eyes. But then the kids' craft are like so cute. Yeah, yeah. So now for now, what we do is that um, we buy those kind of pre-packed crafts. For example, if people like want to sponsor, you know, so you can you can buy on, you know, Shopee, ka, Lazada, ka, you know, like there are different yeah. themes. Like let's say Halloween's coming up, you can buy like a Halloween-related uh, craft pack kit that you know we we provide to the patient and the parent can do it with the child lah. so so it's a bit different on how we run things but we do try to give them you know craft packs or uh, paint or coloring books you know that they can act- actually still do some crafts while they're at the ward or at the center um, for the center wise we do because one of our support staff's main focus are kids activities so she would actually schedule like a one-hour session um, for each individual child who's at the halfway home who would like to participate and do activities with them. But of course, they, they will have to wear like masks and face shield. The place yeah. has to be ventilated. The windows are open, you know, those kind of places yeah. to be able to carry out these activities. Lah. It's a new normal in this COVID time. Mm, yeah, yeah, it is. You can change your normal lifestyle already. Yeah. Um, I want to ask, if like the children uh, recover from the cancer, right? Are they still eligible to like uh, do sports or something like that? Like, uh, let's say, playing football or those uh, activities? I do think so. Um, most of the cases, it really depends on their own health. Um, of course, if it's very, very strenuous, um, the, the child will need to monitor themselves and their fitness level lah. But a lot of them are able to, you know, kind of go back to a normal lifestyle after a while. Yeah, but it, w- it would take some time. We do have, like, um, 
some of our survivors who are very active in, in sports, but also there are some cases, unfortunately, that are would be quite um would be impacted by the cancer. Let's say if they have a bone cancer and they have to remove a limb or something. Yeah, so definitely this would have some kind of um lifestyle change to them because you know they would like let's say you have half your leg amputated and then you need prosthesis and you need to learn how to walk or use prosthesis in your life but there are very inspirational um youths that i met you know like we had a 12 year old um girl right now she's when she's gone back to a kampong she removed half her, her leg uh, she had uh, bone cancer and she's actually one of our global ambassadors. Uh, you can actually see her video, I think, in our global Facebook page. And her name is Aisha. She's very inspiring and very positive and, you know, just moving forward in her life. So I do think it's the mindset of the individual and maybe also the support from families. Um, that's yeah. the most important on how a, somebody that has a setback like this move forward in their life. Um, uh, it's because of COVID, so maybe there's no um recruitment of volunteer, right? Um, let's say let's say uh, if COVID never happened, I mean um, in pre-COVID times, where um physical activities are still allowed, like what what is the most preferable help from the team? Let's say team, yeah, because they they still they, I mean they don't have the they, they cannot provide financial support now. Like, what is the most preferable um, help from the teams? So we did work a lot with Leo. Uh, we have, even oh. during this COVID period, um, many Leos, different Leos. <laughs> um, so what we, what previously they had was like, you know, we would have some Leos to come over to do the arts and crafts or activities with the kids. They would plan an afternoon, what they're going to do at the centre or... Sometimes they would do like um, coming to the ward, they would do for Christmas, they would come and perform or um, yeah, some kind of activities and engagement with the kids where they would have to think about ideas on how they want to engage or play games you know, with the kids, basically to have fun with the kids like, during that period of time. Uh, for the past two years, because of COVID, some of the activities we've done with Leo Lions, um, that are ongoing um so for the leos we have done awareness talks um mm -hmm. on zoom for their schools um in september because it's childhood cancer awareness month mm -hmm. um so there's also leos who have helped to who have participated in go bold as well uh, certain leos who have gone bold themselves um they are activities where they purchase like maybe children's masks or consumables you know they fundraise they do their own fundraiser and then they ask us what we need um for well let's say i'm talking about the craft packs la, uh yeah. then oh let's go and source the cute craft packs or you know individual lego toys that we can give out to kids you know uh, distribute to the ward so there are still um a lot of uh collaboration is just a different format i would say it won't be directly connecting with the kids but it doesn't mean that um you know we can't bring joy to the kids through yeah. through different experiences yeah yeah because sometimes kids don't, don't really know what's going on but then it, there is sometimes they really need some 
uh, fun things, some joy to like make them, them uh, yeah, to cheer them up. Yeah, definitely. Recently, there was, uh, I think it was the Lions Club, if I was not mistaken. They donated this hat and then it had the, the ear thing. If you pull one side, the uh. hat can move. And oh. then the parents and the the parents and the doctors were laughing so loud at the ward, funny you know, <laughs> ears, and the kids were having fun pulling the thing. Yeah, so the great thing with technology and all this innovation right now is that you, you can do a lot of things. Even though um, these things may not be available in supermarkets, you can order it from Shopee or all these, yeah. you know, or even from China. Yeah, so we have benefited um, from all these creative um activities like, that we are doing like even for the parents at the ward one of the main activities that we're doing now you know is um what we call the tampong seribu so they you give them a cloth and then they make a blanket you know those kind of grandmother last time oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so the mums at the ward when they have nothing to do they are very um passionate in you know making their own pillowcase or blankets, you know. So they have something to do or distress than just to sit there and wait for time to pass. Yeah. Um, yeah. But before that, we used to have like maybe yoga or Zumba sessions at the ward as well that we organize uh, weekly sessions. Yeah. So we do miss all these physical activities, but for now we are trying to find ways that we can engage them um, in different activities. Lah. I see. Oh, so all these activities actually happen in the world instead of the um um the building of SCCS. Uh the Zumba and the yoga I think it was once a week for especially for parents at the ward. Yeah, but we normally do have uh, activities at the center as well, different kind of activities, lah. So what is the least preferable help from the teens or you can say the public? Yeah, yeah. Like if if there's system. any lah. Yeah, cause like um cause I've heard from like homes like Cheshire Home, like some yeah, like some organizations lah, they say like they keep receiving the old clothes that they actually don't really want, but um, somehow it's the it's the stereotyping and the mindset problem then people keep on thinking like that maybe they need this kind of stuff so they keep like giving them a lot of old clothes like well, what's the I mean if there's any what is the least preferable help from, from I the think um, yeah like what you said it would be one of an example I think because every individual NGO has their own specific needs yeah yeah if you really want to support the organization, it would be good for you to contact them to know what they need first before you go and buy or you go and donate, you know, things. You know, when things are donated but not used, then it's also a wastage. Yeah, I agree. So there are sometimes uh, people who, who come with the mindset, I'm here to give you something, so you should just take it and be grateful. <laughs> but at the same time, some of these things are not suitable. Uh, yeah. It's not to say that, like, let's say with you want to buy food for the kids. Um, it's important to know what kind of food um, we will allow uh, or encourage them because there are specific things that maybe the kids can't eat. Like, for example, we don't want to give them something that's high in sugar or they can't take, like, yogurt or anything that's raw. Um, you know, even mayonnaise, they could have raw eggs. So we don't normally recommend for 
we don't allow for to, you know when we are organizing like uh, food for the wards we will not allow for raw kind of food like salads all these kind of things the kids can't take because bacteria and all these kind of things so oh. sometimes it's not that we're trying to be very particular about you can't do this you can't do that but um, there are certain uh, ways that we need to run um, these programs so we can be seem as strict but if the organization can understand that it, we are strict because you know we want what's best for the kids and there are certain processes that we need to follow um, so for donors who want to work with us they will need to um, comply in a way yeah so but sometimes people come in the mindset I'm the donor so I should be you know yeah. so that quite hard it's not that we don't appreciate what you want uh, to do for us but then you have to understand where we're coming from and why we have all these um, rules and regulation uh. mm. yeah I kind of agree with that one though like I mean um, there's a lot of initiatives nowadays and especially the um, school based or uni based uh, clubs that they want to help um, organizations and we usually just like I mean, um, raise fun is still okay, but then sometimes we have items to donate, and like, I yeah, I know it sounds bad, but sometimes we just we, we just donate, but without asking in priors. Yeah, I think, I think it's a good takeaway though. Like we should call them up, like asking them what they need before we donate. Yeah, a lot of people, for example, say I have secondhand toys or I have secondhand books, you know, for kids, yeah. and then. But yeah, um, to understand, I would always say, yeah, unfortunately, I think the kids at the center, a lot of them are not interested in books. And it's no offense to you, you know. <laughs> yeah. They're I... more interested on their phone or, you know, the gadget. Yeah, yeah. And then in terms of secondhand toys, um, especially stuffed toys that we cannot, you know, wash or all these things, oh. we don't give our kids because we don't know what are the bacteria in there. If the toy was a Lego that we can wipe down with alcohol, maybe that's still acceptable. But that's also hard, you know, when sometimes when people don't need the toys and it comes in with a lot of other pieces there. Uh-huh. Essentially, you know, you just like, like you said, secondhand clothes and the clothes are like spotty and torn. Yeah, or, yeah. So we don't accept clothes at all for our organization. You know, what we say is for hygiene purpose of the child. We're, diff- we're dealing with a different kind of kids, you know. It's not that we're ungrateful, but yeah. yeah. So I think it's really for the donors to understand the the organization that they want to support and which is the best way of collaboration than um, just to jump into your own plans uh, and just without the consent. Um, so one of the important things is like, let's say if you want to use our logos, you should ask us and actually send us your artwork before you display the thing on your your organization. You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. You should approve the artwork so that in case there are sometimes organizations that say, hey, why well, I see your logo on this poster and I we <laughs> don't even know that there's this uh, event going on. Yeah. 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 So things like What are the things that mostly uh, like the wards or SCCS needs? Like, do we have to only like donate toys? Like you say, clothes are not uh, allowed, right? So, most, uh, is it like, how do you say, uh, like toys 
is the only choice or no um there's many many um if in terms of like there are people who want to donate items right there are actually um things that we'll need from time to time it really depends for example we have this donor who has been do- donating to us many many years from, since the old center to the new center and we call him mr egg because he always donates eggs like two <laughs> three tray he comes every week and he's also Bota, so we just call him mr egg mr egg is here so he has done it uh, very very uh for a long time already so um so there are also times where people will call us and, you know, we need like even just like toilet paper or cooking oil or, you know, Milo. Mm-hmm. Um, or we also, what we have is that we have this thing called the starter pack. So when a child and parent is um, just diagnosed and they need to stay at the ward for a long period of time. So we need to prepare them. Um, you know, for their life at the ward. So we actually, like, give them thermometer. We give them, like, those kind of glass uh, microwavable bowls or shower gel. Because a lot of these people, maybe they come from kampong. They didn't prepare all these kind of things. So we have this starter pack thing where it comes with flask, uh, measuring bottles, and all these kind of things. So um, people can ask us. Normally, I would say just give us a call. Um, maybe you can tell us your budget or areas you're interested then we can recommend you because, for example, we can even say like the children's mask. No, now we have the K ninety five, but oh, yeah. you know, pattern kind. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it can be it range from many many things, but um, it depends. We will also ask the organizer what kind of things you are more interested in and what's your budget, so that we can give you some ideas on what other things that you can donate. But of course, cash donation is um is the most uh, I would say practical one lah, because then we can use it as and when needed for whatever the purpose is um required lor. Well, I would say the starter pack is um I I think it's really good though because let's say if somebody is not from Kuching then there's a, like definitely come to Kuching and they don't know where to like purchase all this kind of stuff, and especially it's during this COVID times that they're actually. It's not good. They have to like loiter around and like searching for the items across the town, going they everywhere. They couldn't leave the ward actually. Oh yeah. During that COVID time, they couldn't leave the ward. So during that time, our staff have to do a weekly shopping for the parents at the hospital. Like you know, the mom needs this, so they will give us a shopping list, and we would go around shopping for them. During that um, uh, MCO period, lah, yeah. Okay. Um. Do you want to plug in some SCCS advertisement, like for example, Gobold? Um. Yeah, I can talk about Gobold. Um, which is still ongoing. So, uh, right now we have extended our Gobold virtual. Um, it's our annual awareness uh, fundraising event. And people can still join. Um, whether you want to fundraise or you want to fundraise and shave, you can set up an account in our Gobo page. It's until the middle of October. Um, and you can check that out. Yeah, so that's really, really cool. There's a lot of people that, you know, who have gone bold. And some of them are even can- adult cancer patients themselves. Yeah, so do check that out. And the other program for people who are interested to donate on a recurring basis or once-off basis, you can actually uh, go to our sccs.org.my uh, 
um, we have a monthly donation program, what we call the Heart of Gold monthly donation program, where people can sign up for like 10 ringgit a month or 30 ringgit a month, you know, so you can help us to build more sustainable uh, income stream monthly so to cover our operations cost. Lah. I see, so for the Gold Board, it's up until mid of, mid of October, right? Mid of October, yeah. Also, so you mean the guys? You have two more weeks. Oh, so meaning two more like... weeks, people. Two more weeks. <laughs> yeah. For example, let's say Leo Club of Subang Jaya opens an account, and then you guys can just share it amongst your friends, those who wants to make a donation. Yeah, they can make it through the link that you guys are sharing. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to shave, lah. Of course, shaving yeah. is a whole different <laughs> thing. Yeah. So I think there's another Leo Club. Um, maybe if I'm not mistaken, in the global page as well. Yeah, but you can always check that out. Yeah, but for in the future, let's say you have, there are some organizations, what we, what we call the satellite shave, that like maybe five representatives from, from this Lions Club is going bold. So they will set up a group page where, you know, you can see the five people's faces. and um, But they use the account of the particular Lions Club to raise funds. Yeah. Great stuff, great stuff. Right, so uh, I'm going to promote our upcoming SGA project. So basically now we have a Jom Makan where it's an in- initiative to help like small business and hawkers in basically in Slango, I can say. Is it in Slango? I'm not sure it's Slango, right? Uh, Alright, so... <laughs> The the initiative, yeah, is to just help uh hawkers like small business who is currently like uh running in this COVID nineteen thingy happening all around, right? So do follow the jom underscore sga Instagram page, so you can maybe support uh our local hawkers and yeah small businesses. Alright, thank yeah, you. Yeah, for for the jom makan, we are basically helping the. Um, local, local hawkers that there's some some local hawkers that have very nice food, but then they are not like being, uh, giving given attention by the public. But yeah, they are actually the ones that need the support. So with that, we have come to the end of this episode. Before we say our goodbyes, we just want to say a huge thank you to Miss Jody, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Um at Leo Club SJA and do follow SCCS social media account and do check out their website sccs.org.my thank you alright thank, thank you, you.